White Sox Weekly, the Chicago baseball conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox, 720 WGN. 720 WGN, White Sox Weekly, good afternoon. Hope you're having a great Saturday, 435 with you for another hour here on 720 WGN. The One of my favorite people here, Harry, have I ever mentioned that to you? You love number 17. I do, I do. Got to know him a little bit when he was a Kansas City Royal, would just walk into the clubhouse in a spring training with that relaxed, confident demeanor. Just uh, something that I really wanted in my life that I've never been able to attain. Uh, Chris Getz is with us, now your White Sox Director of Player Development. How are you, Chris Getz? Hang on a second. So let me start that again. How are you, Chris Getz? Well, I'm doing fantastic, especially after a nice Michigan victory. Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> See, why do you got to go there? You know that the Wildcats at Northwestern should be 4-0. That you didn't deserve that game at all, right? Uh, that's fair. That's fair. But we'll take the wins. You know, it's been it's been trying the last couple of years, so. Um, it's, uh, we'll take the wins where we can get them. Nobody's listening, by the way. Are you a Jim Harbaugh guy? You can admit it right here. I'm a Jim Harbaugh guy. Are you really? Especially this year. Uh, does, he, does he know he's allowed to beat Ohio State? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that'll be the telling one. Um, That's what it comes down to. I think we're well to. positioned for that. They I, they got a great shot at it, there's no doubt, but uh, got to sort of got to get the offense rolling. All right, uh, let, let's talk about your ball club here. What, can you give us an update on Luis Robert and uh, what's going on with with his health in the Arizona Fall League? He's feeling good. He's moving around well. Uh, we're looking to get him in games this week. So uh, it was nothing uh, too significant, but certainly didn't want to well, – we didn't want to push it, but uh, should be back in there uh, as soon as tomorrow. And uh, we look forward to, to watching them continue to, to play well out in the fall league. Well, that's good news. Um, you know, I, I know that it doesn't work like this, but if there were a spot that it'd be great to have the next minor league guy come up and excel at, it would be catcher. Uh, is that is that you going to be here? Um, uh, Colin's going to be here? What, what, can you look in your crystal baseball, Chris, and please tell us uh, what's going on with your minor league catchers and when they might show up on the south side? Uh, yeah, I mean, both Zach Collins and Sebi Zavala had, had solid years last year, double-A, uh, and Zavala went up to triple-A. Uh, most likely they'll, they'll both be in, in Charlotte uh, this coming season, but meaning they're they're a phone call away. They're one step away. So, uh, you know, they certainly learned a lot. They were productive. Uh, I think they're going to have quality off-seasons, and they look forward to seeing these guys play in spring training. They'll uh, more than likely be at major league spring training or major league camp uh, and get a longer look. Uh, but you know, I, I think their time is coming, and they're they're both talented guys, and we're fortunate to have them at the upper levels. When you take sort of the fifty thousand foot view of the organization after this season, Chris, what what are you most happy about as far as you know the developmental side? You know, I'd say we really moved forward with some of our outfielders. Uh, to the point where I'm looking at our projected rosters next year and, and finding at bat or finding uh, you know places for these guys is, is going to be a challenge just because we've got so many guys that had productive years last year that that high A double A uh, area is is kind of overflowing with with guys that need to play that have high ceilings but 
I'd say on the position player front, I was very, very happy. But um, on top of that, we've had some pitchers that really took a step forward, too, and Dylan Cease and Jimmy Lambert. Uh, Dane Dunning was off to a great start. Obviously, he had to step back uh, with his elbow, but he's, he's uh, healthy and ready to go. So um, a lot of positives from last season, and we're just hoping to build off of those things uh, in 2019. You know, uh, there were a lot of things to like about the guys that were coming up, but I also like to get your opinion on guys that were already up, like Lucas Giolito. And, uh, you know, I, I thought Lucas Giolito had an up-and-down season, but I'm still pretty high on Giolito. Where do you stand on him being like a, a regular uh, guy that can go out there every five days and just, you know, give you seven strong innings? You know, it, I, I, I thought a lot of positives in Lucas's year. I mean, it, Certainly there were some ups and downs, but he went through a really solid stretch of, of really commanding his fastballs, showing his curveball uh, with more consistency. He's still got that slider and changeup. I mean, he, he's just getting more, conf- gaining more confidence, which, you know, that's part of this whole thing. Once they get introduced to the big leagues, and that's why we, uh, we want to get these guys up there, you know, it's not just push-button often. So uh, we, he went through some things. He learned from it, but I think he's a guy that's definitely going to be able to toe the rubber every five days and give us a quality start. Chris Getz, the White Sox Director of Player, Player Development, with us here on White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Did you realize you were going to make the level of news you made when you, uh, you were on another radio station? You said, Eloy Jimenez is close. And then they, the city blew it up into, uh, like, that was a huge deal that Get says he's close, Get says he's close, Eloy's close. It could happen at any moment. I did not uh, I did not think by saying that it was going to blow up like it did. However, you know, every guy that's in AAA is close. Um, certainly he, he had a, a very good year, and uh, he is getting closer. We look forward to, to seeing him in spring training. But um, I know everyone's anxious. We're all anxious, but... Um, you know, he's well-positioned to, to have success right out of the gate um, as, a, as a White Sox when the time is right. Does, does the organization worry about it? this guy definitely feels like he's ready, but it maybe is not in the best interest of the organization for him to be up there right now? So, But we might anger our guy. I mean, I guess that's all about communication. Is there conversations on how to like balance that? Like this guy feels like he's ready. He probably is, but he could work on X, Y, and Z as well. And then it's and then that all fits for our timeline. You know, we just really focus on at least on the development side is really just focused on things that that make Eloy Jimenez a quality major league player, and that's all facets of the game. But certainly, communication daily as often as we can. If these guys have any questions, we we provide answers for them. We you know. At, at Charlotte, you know, our staff, uh, our field staff there, Mark Rudzelanek, uh, you know, it's, they, they have an open-door policy. They, they certainly talk to the guys as, uh, as regularly as you would imagine, and certainly they can pick up the phone and call me. But, yeah, it, it's part of what we do. We communicate with these guys, and that's what makes organizations successful. You know, uh, Chris, we've gotten to talk to a lot of your guys that are, uh, you know, floating in different levels of the minors, and two guys that we were really impressed with their ability just to come on and be honest were uh, Dylan Cease, uh, who, who we thought was, you know, who, who we, we think is going to be up here uh, pretty soon, and Dane Dunning. Uh, you know, how important is, is it to you guys that not only do you have a physical prospect, but you've got a guy who's, like, level-headed, who's, who gets it the way you have to act and take care of business on your way to making it into the bigs? 
you know, both those guys that you mentioned are very, uh, very mature, mature players. I mean, both physically and mentally, they, uh, they approach this beyond their years, both very balanced players. And, and it's on our, you know, on our end, uh, on the development side to not only prepare these guys physically, but for, for some of the things they're going to face when they, they play on the major league stage. But those guys, they, they don't need, there's not as much maintenance with those guys because they, they're naturally gifted, uh, very balanced human beings. You know, you, you were a guy, pardon me, Carm, if I may interject for one second. You were a guy they always said had a high baseball IQ. And, you know, I think that's a compliment. I don't know if they say that about guys that, like, you know, if you're a superstar, will they still say, you know, you're a high baseball IQ guy? But, you know, you knew when to steal a base, and which is a lost art, by the way. Um, but who would you say, of the guys in the minors, who's like the uh, the A.J. Przinsky, the guy that if he's caught in a rundown can get his way out of it? Who's got the highest baseball IQ in the Sox minor league system? Uh, it's tough to really point out uh, one player, but I... You know, I'll start with Nick Madrigal. Um, I think, you know, obviously he was our our first round pick this past season, but he, he's a guy that um, his aptitude is really uh, it's really special. Um, he's just got such a passion for the game. But that being said, we do have a lot of players that um, have high baseball IQs. But obviously, you need tools to to be able to perform at the major league level. Now, when you can blend the the, the aptitude with the, the physical tools. Now we've got a guy that's going to have sustainable success at the major major league level, and I, I definitely think Nick Madrigal is going to be one of those guys. Can you see him playing multiple positions next year, Chris, or is it just going to be second base? Hasn't been decided. Uh, he definitely has the ability to play any position that we put him in. Uh, we had him at shortstop uh, in instructional league. Certainly didn't disappoint. We know what he's capable of doing uh, at second base. Uh, you can throw him over a third base, and he's going to figure it out. You could put him in the outfield; he's going to figure it out. He's just that type of player. He's got those skills, and and like we talked about, he's got that aptitude that's going to be able to, uh, you know, allow him to, to to face any challenge and figure these things out. And, and do you see Eloy as more of a left or right fielder once he's actually really in the big leagues and sort of has hit his like quote unquote prime? I think more left field, uh, and you can look at kind of where we played on this past season and the, and, you know, the thinking behind that was really, we just feel he's going to profile best out there based on his, his physical tools. Yeah. Uh, speaking of left field, uh, you guys came up with a guy that the twins just discarded who had 27 homers, who wasn't on our radar. How many Daniel Polkas are there out there, not just in your organization, but how many guys are there? Like, you know, Tom Thibodeau was an assistant coach for 20 years, got his chance, and had great success. How many other Daniel Polkas are out there? You know, it's a, gosh, the, if you just break down Daniel Polka in terms of the, the raw power that he has, there are not a lot of Daniel Polkas out there. However, you know, that's what kind of makes every offseason exciting uh, when you, you kind of dive into uh, guys that have either been let go or exposed uh, for the Rule 5, uh, find some kind of under-the-radar players that can, you know, perhaps help your major league club the, the next year. But in terms of Daniel Polk and what he did this year, uh, it was fantastic. I mean, we, you know, when we first laid eyes on him in a White Sox uniform here in spring training this past year, um, we saw what he was capable of doing, went down to Charlotte, uh, continued to hit, and then, you know, when he got the call up to, to Chicago, he he didn't slow down and, and just continue to go, and, and I think there's even a little bit more in there with the kid. Chris Getz, White Sox Director of Player Development, for a couple more minutes here on, on White Sox Weekly. 
Uh, Zach Birdie, how, how's the health there? Uh, he's doing great. He's doing great. He got uh, he got the save last night uh, for the uh, Glendale Desert Dogs. Uh, he's he's bouncing back after every outing. Um, he's throwing strikes. He, his secondary stuff has been sharp. It's just it's really nice to see him out there. It's good to see him smile. And he's worked so hard in this rehab process. It's one of the most regimented uh, players we have in the minor league. So I'm really happy for him. What about a Luis Basabe? Basabe's playing very well. Uh, he's he's had some uh, really good games the last couple of couple of days out in the fall league. But you know, he's a guy that plays plus defense. has a has a plus arm. Um, he's got speed. He's got a base ability. He can pretty much impact the game uh, in all facets. So he, he's an exciting player too. Where, where, as you as you get 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 you out of here, Chris. As far as the Arizona Fall League goes, and, and just evaluating players playing in that environment, like what does that relate to? Is this does this feel like it's uh, is it? Would you call it like a great proving ground where you can really see what a guy's all about, or is it kind of hard to judge? Uh, it can be tricky to judge. Um, just based on the talent changes from year to year. This year it is a pretty talented group. Uh, you know, a lot of it's dependent on the pitching. Um, some years you'll have guys that just have innings left and teams will send their, those players out there. So it's quality pitching. Therefore, you can get a pretty good evaluation on your position players. Um, so it's just kind of a year to year thing. But if guys go out there and play well, it's a good indication these guys are going to be able to, they're going to be up for the challenge, uh, in terms of what they're going to face. Uh, when it comes to um, you know quality pitching, um, but you know this year, you know hopefully these guys finish strong. They're off to a nice start. Hey, Chris, if we go off the board for a second, away from your minor league uh, system, which looks to be in great shape, uh, Carmen and I were having a discussion prior to your visit about Chris Dunn, the Bulls' uh, starting point guard, (laughs) who missed opening night because he wanted to be with his wife for the birth of their kid. And he's not going to be able to play tonight either. Um, I was friendly with the great Milt Pappas, and he hated that. He hated it that a guy would leave to be with his wife for a baby deliverer or for a you know, kids' graduation or grandkids' graduation. Do you have a thought? I know, I know the White Sox let people do it. Um, I know most Major League Baseball, everybody lets people do it. But do you have any thought? Like, do you ever say maybe we shouldn't let them go? Uh, no. I mean, those are special moments in everyone's lives. Uh, you know, it, fortunately for me, it never became a, an issue because uh, I was done playing. Uh, but, you know. Uh, when someone's having a baby and their wife's going through what they're going to go through, and, and obviously you want to be there for the birth. So if a player wants to do that, I, I, I certainly respect that. I would never get in the way of it. Have you ever heard anybody in the club I'll say, you know, this this moron on the radio was speculating about how I should not should have to be there on my job. He doesn't know what's going on in my family. Was that ever talked about in a clubhouse? Uh, I, I haven't had too many conversations like that, but I, it's possible they exist. You know, if you if, if you're working, you know, seventy nine percent of Americans work paycheck to paycheck. Those guys should get to go and be with their wives. Why? Because because. If, but if you're a professional athlete, you're making twelve million dollars a year, Carm. Uh huh. And, and they've earned it, Harry. That's why they get the benefit. That's what it's called. Look, more I, talented, worked harder than you. More talent that uh, you got to give them the props. Well, they haven't worked harder than me. Sure, they have. No, they haven't. Yes, they have. So, so what were you doing I, at 10, 11, 12, 15 years old? You were probably playing PlayStation. They were out on the field taking ground balls. Worked harder than you. No, I was. I wasn't as good as them. Were, you, you're telling me if I if I had spent as much time in the batting cage as Chris gets, that I would have been in the bigs. I'm saying that Chris gets worked harder than you as a kid. I think Chris gets would agree with that, right, Chris? 
I have no comment. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a good one. You too. Chris Getz, Director of Player Development for the White. So we have to take a quick time. I will follow up on that conversation coming back 720 WGN.